attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments made about a character that is regenerated in a movie over and over again are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Woody Allen? Woody Allen has a new movie coming out? Well, I wouldn't say new. You know, you dig a 77-year-old man and you feel bad. Oh, my God. I thought <laughs> you were going to say you dig him his grave. <laughs> He's still dating women younger than I am. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can't feel too bad for him. Hey, welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire. And you shoot off a guy's head with his pants down. Believe me, Texas is not the place you want to get caught. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the Flyover Zone in beautiful Burbank, California. <laughs> now, if you're iTunes list, our show is a video podcast, too, so you can head over to YouTube to watch the show. This week, Aubrey Plaza flirts with exploring all the sexual adventures fans of Parks and Recreation have been dying to teach her for five seasons, and the further adventures of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Ooh, let's play a little bit of that, shall we? Wait, that's not it. Here's oh. the clip. <laughs> what they did to me, what I am, can't be undone. Don't be so sure. Not healing. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. No, we want to get to the preview what? of the Wolverine. I have no, I idea. Have no idea what's happening. Gonna, gonna, I've actually seen the visuals sense. that accompany that, and I still don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. <sighs> I know what's happening. I'm not going to go <sighs> see that. That's what's happening. It will be dramatic, whatever it is. <sighs> it's going to be awesome. The man uh, is a dude who needs a manicure. That's what the whole movie's about. Another superhero movie. <laughs> so metro. Wonderful. Uh, we will preview the Wolverine as soon as possible, but if you listen to our old show in the Toad Hop Network, we used to regularly have a segment called Retractions. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say regularly, Paul. I mean, it, it happened <laughs> we every get once in a while. Routinely. Wrong. Here, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Here and there. Routinely. <clears throat> when needed, when it called for. Because Lee never had a retraction. Well, we would um, do apologies for incorrect statements, that kind of thing. But uh, we've done pretty well here in the Admirals Club, factually, and no retractions thus far. But, Lee, I understand there is something we might want to take a second look at from last week's show. Retraction! Well, sadly, Paul, yes, there is an occasion now for us to have our first retractions here in the Admirals Club. And as everyone has probably already heard... Uh, our dear friend, Mr. Ryan Reynolds, had um, what we call in the business a double Ishtar. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Bad week. Both his oh. movies, R.I.P.D. and Turbo, uh, pretty much tanked at the bo box office. Um, now, they were both really big visual extravaganzas. They were both really big budgets. And they were both beaten by a much smaller film, The Conjuring. And last week during our show, we previewed both R.I.P.D. and Turbo. And, uh, well, again, not often. But every once in a while, we do say things that we we end up regretting, quite frankly. And, uh, well, last week we were heard to say this. Turbo, a snail voiced by Ryan Reynolds, who's going to have a hit this weekend if he has to be in every single movie to do it. <laughs> he keeps being in very high-level stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and yet, 
not, no, he's not really knocking it out of the park at the box office. He's Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. He's late yeah. Steve Gutenberg. I loved Van Wilder. I was like, I want to see this guy in everything. And then he kept being in stuff. He's a little too perfect. <laughs> box office Ipecac, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> who continues his streak of being in things. Spoiler alert. Okay. Ryan Reynolds dies in the beginning. Oh, if only all Ryan Reynolds movies started this way. <laughs> I noticed one person who did not dish on the poor Ryan Reynolds. Just saying. Well, we ran out of time. Well, we, ah! <laughs> we'll make sure the script's divvied up di differently next time. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, we, we didn't mean to pile on, and, and uh, the movie guys understand that we do have somewhat of an influence over the industry, and so we hope we didn't you know, adversely affect the, uh, the box office there. So what we really mean to say is that, that we feel bad for the guy. Yeah. I mean, not... You know, not fi financially. He's he's doing all right, or no. well, romantically for that matter. No, no he's, he's doing good there. Well. Uh, you know, professionally still, he's he's got a career. Yeah, two movies. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, you know, I heard he was pretty good in that movie, Buried. So. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't see. It. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I yeah. didn't know he was in that. Retraction. All right, the ah, summer. Welcome. Oh, uh, I feel better. I how I missed that. Oh, wait. Yeah. Not really something we got wrong. We just felt bad because <laughs> yeah. we were saying how big a failure the guy was in terms of box office, and he kept being stuff. And then he just really, I mean, I don't know. I just, I do feel bad for the guy. Again, not financially, yeah. uh, not in terms of his. I'm uh, sure he has a nice house, not great car. The sexual resume yeah. of Scarlett Johansson and Alanis no. Morissette. No, not for his abs. I don't feel no. bad for those. But, uh, but boy, that I mean, it just must have been a horrible week for him. <laughs> He doesn't leave the house, right? You don't go out to Cafe Earth and go... And get the looks? Yeah. You there know. he is. Yeah, Mr. Oh. Battlefield Earth and Heaven's Gate in the same weekend. <laughs> Ooh. Turbo yeah. made some money, though, to be honest, but it's not going to be... The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, but it's like $150 million, and uh, what was the other one? 180 like 180 crazy, million dollars yeah. for RIPD. RIPD. The, the good news is, though... they to $20 million movie. Turbo, a lot of people <laughs> don't pay attention to who actually does the voices, and his voice isn't that distinct. So maybe no. not as many people from like Middle America will know that that was his voice. Yeah, I mean, that's not being sold on, on Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so but. he yeah. might be safe there, but the other one has his face all The Croods was a hit. He's in that. Again, that's not selling Ryan Reynolds to make the yeah. movie make money, <laughs> but it was a hit, and he was in it. That's so. not even a hit for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Wait, for Nicolas Cage? <laughs> uh, could be. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> for him, I guess it is. Yeah, beat the you shit know, out of the, 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 the Ghost Rider 2 returns. So I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm sure the dude is doing all right, though. Jeff Bridges probably just shook that movie off. Like, oh, oh, he shrugged yeah. that off. Did oh, at Comic-Con, he's got a movie where he's fighting dragons, <laughs> and he's drinking oh, drinking whiskey and fighting dragons yeah. in a, like a 12th century thing. He doesn't give a <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah, he shrugged R.I.P.D. off like a bad cough. <laughs> hey, man, I'm on to the next one. <laughs> he's fine. Well, listen, uh, Adam's about to get excited because we're going to launch into uh, the eighth so superhero movie of the summer with The Wolverine. Wolverines! <laughs> it's the biggest movie coming out this weekend, so Adam, let's talk about it. <laughs> this is a great song, actually. I always thought this was kind of a jokey song. I listened to it recently, and I'm like, this is a great has anyone ever that's argued a, that? I always a, thought it was a great oh, okay. song. I always thought it was like yes. one of those cheesy Pac-Man Fever songs. And I listen to it recently, I'm like, no, this is like a great, <laughs> is a great new wave song. Kind of trapped in the 80s, but yeah, if you like the new wave thing, it's one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, new wave. Hell, there's like instruments this. in it. That yeah. alone gets it points. You could actually to play it on a guitar, so. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, one of cinema's most badass Hughes, returns to the big screen in The Wolverine. 
the X-Men mutant with an anger management problem and unlimited lives. When we last left Wolverine, he was getting his claws sharpened in 2008's X-Men Origins Wolverine, a poorly received semi-flop entry in the mutant's adventures. But it was a little handicapped, as it also starred Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Get the retractions ready for next week, We wrote Paul. that before we wrote the retractions. Despite, despite being titled to sound like the first in the series, The Wolverine marks the sixth feature appearance of the superhero on the big screen, if you count X-Men First Class, his little appearance there. And the only time one actor has played a superhero five times in a movie, unless you count Tom Cruise in everything. <laughs> and, and Jackman seems to have put on some muscle to play the toughest character to ever sport mutton chops. For those of you who have been in a coma, or don't care, or are Karen, Wolverine <laughs> is a mutant born with the ability to heal from any injury, so he's sort of the Johnny Knoxville of superhumans. <laughs> this made him an ideal subject to undergo an experiment to outfit his bones with an indestructible metal called adamantium, named, of course, for its inventor, Adamant. Unlike the previous Wolverine movie... Which was adapted from the instruction manual to an American standard low flush toilet. <laughs> this, what? the Wolverine, is based on one of the costumed hero's most famous stories, written by Sin City's Frank Miller. Let's play a little clip from the Wolverine. He gave me strength to journey on. Who am I? Who am I? Shut up! You guys didn't even pick a, a part where he was Trump mixed Trump. and had uh, in the levels or anything. That was a raw recording. So raw. He sang live on the set. Yes, the but then point, you Karen. It. Karen, I think yes. the point was that's not actually a clip from the Wolverine. <laughs> that is not an actually a clip. From the <laughs> gonna I'm go concerned. ahead and skip right past the uh, musical. Uh, talk I just think he has a lovely voice. I just wasn't. That was sounded great. All right. Who said it sounded bad? Sure, sure. This is one of Wolverine's most famous comic book adventures that takes him to Japan, where he seeks a cure for immortality. Um, <laughs> Temping, maybe? <laughs> Japan? Well, he better be fighting Mothras. The ever Mothras. <laughs> the ever-tormented Wolverine has a creeping desire to have his immortality end. Because apparently there's something depressing to be found in running around scoring hot chicks and kicking ass. Yes, like the angst-ridden teenager, all he wants to do is die and meet One Direction. Which is actually <laughs> the, the preferable order for those things to happen yeah. in. <laughs> Now, why do guys who can live forever always want to die? I mean, do you know Do you know how many free birthday grand slams that is at Denny's? As if the entire existence of another Wolverine movie isn't exciting enough, the movie is written by Jack Reacher and the usual suspects Christopher McQuarrie and directed by James Mangold of 310 to Yuma and Night and Day. Now, I'd watch that team make a biopic about the guy who invented the hand gesture for jacking off. But a Wolverine movie? I am so in! <laughs> Actually, here's a little piece of trivia that might brighten your day. Wolverine was never supposed to be Hugh Jackman. Up oh. until several weeks, true. Up until several weeks before X-Men shot, the role belonged to Scottish actor Doug Ray Scott, oh. who had to be oh. replaced because Mission Impossible 2, which he appeared in, was running 2 weeks behind. Wow. Who do you That's think has good. gotten the most death threats in the wake of Doug Ray Scott missing the chance to play Wolverine 5 times? Tom Cruise? Director John Woo? Or the assistant director in charge of scheduling that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Wolverine. Adam, are you suggesting that Mission Impossible 2 was not quality film? 
I'm just saying from Doug Ray Scott's point of view, <laughs> it might be better to play Wolverine five times and become one of the most famous superheroes ever to yeah. grace the screen. Do you think he could have pulled it off? As opposed to all the movies he did after Mission Impossible He went on to too. appear in Ever After with Drew Barrymore, which oh. now he calls a piece of shit. Ah, <laughs> but do you think he would have pulled off Wolverine five times? Maybe not. You know, that's I mean, maybe that, that's a good point. Maybe Wolverine wouldn't have jumped off the screen the way it did. I'm wondering because I don't. I, Doug Ray Scott, you could I, he could be sitting in the room right now. I wouldn't know it. That's he is the sitting sad in here. Point. That's not yeah. Jamie. It's Doug yeah. Ray Scott. <laughs> but actually, before we get too much into discussion about the Wolverine, <laughs> yes. I want to go into what could potentially be a counterpoint to all the excitement surrounding this movie that's here in this room. So now we go to a little something called Karen's perspective. That's what I think. Is that Karen? the Karen's perspective thing? Apparently. <laughs> well. Karen, have at. Yes, I don't know. It just sounds like a guy with a lot of Edward Scissorhands shit going on. <laughs> That's right, what I think. Thank God we chimed in. <laughs> I talked over that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Now, last night at the pre-production yes. meeting, that was supposed to be a big introduction. I know. We talked about minutes of orchestral overtures. Oh, uh, well. Play that work, again. Might work better this way. <laughs> you want to hear it again? I do. It's fun. All right. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a punchline. I think that works. Yeah, yeah. Says, says her hands in manicuring. And I think you're kind of you're kind of dead on with that. I, I it think, does yeah. come across as like a character that is uh, apart from others, and now he has to find a way to meet those others without hurting them with his claws. Oh. That's what I meant. What? I thought you meant literally just a guy with scissor hands. Oh, he looks like that, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. You think he'll be doing the haircuts and all that? He might be doing that. I think the middle-aged cul-de-sac housewives are going to find topiaries. him very attractive. You have to be... T- yes. <laughs> they'll be so angry. He'll he'll be, be angry so topiaries. <laughs> <laughs> just and they have, <laughs> the like their heads will be cut off. Instead of being like Santa, it'll just be his arms and legs. That's a whole different Wolverine. If they had tried to make the Wolverine in like the early 80s or whatever, because they just couldn't get superhero movies right for so many decades, that, that might have been where it ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's no doubt with James Mangold, I'm looking forward to it being pretty decent. I mean, not only... Uh, uh, He's a good director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was... Um, oh, God, there was one other film he directed that's right up... I can't remember right now. Have Damn you, it. Have you Three seen well, you, Walk the Line? Day. Walk the Line. Walk the oh. Line is a good film, too. Uh, have Walk you seen line. Night and Day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Night and Day is one Fantastic. of my favorite movies. That's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> has a lot a of Tom movie. Cruise in it, which it's I like. The Tom oh, cruise It's true. very Tom cruise movie. But, Karen, have you seen it? No. You would enjoy it. Oh, really? You would enjoy it. You would love that what movie. What is it? And I know you're sometimes like, I got to add it to my list. What's it's it called? It's so charming. It's such a charming oh, action movie. Oh, put that on your list. Yeah, you're doing that right list. now, I yes. see. What is it called? Knight and Day. Night and Day. But, but All right. Now let me uh, add a little perspective from Thank my you, own point of view. Okay, here. Adam's perspective. <laughs> oh, well, this is what I think. <laughs> this is what I think. <laughs> Bub. <laughs> you're wrong, and let me tell you why. Go ahead. Doot, doot, doot. Pointer count. I'm going to put Adam's um, name by this, so if I don't like it, I can know you who can, to blame. Oh, no. Give I'll, me some you know shit. I'll on pile on. Yeah, very you, successful podcast. The whole table recommends it. Oh, right. And up your phone. All right. Adam. Uh, it is just the very idea. Now, I am a huge Wolverine fan from way back when. Like in, uh, When I started collecting comic books, like really heavy in like 85 or whatever, that was like when Wolverine, he had yet to have his like own story yet. In fact, I think that's right when the Frank Miller story that this one's based on came out. And he was like the coolest thing for like kids to, to gravitate to. Like if you're like 13, you know, it was like the, the coolest character to like because he was this rogue and he was this badass and everybody loved Wolverine. Wolverine and Punisher. They were the shit. You know, it was no longer like Superman and that sort of stuff. It was like the cool dark heroes. The vi- I mean, 
the they screwed up so many superhero movies and so few superhero movies came out for so long. The very idea that Wolverine would ever make an appearance in a movie, that they could ever get that off the ground, much less get it right. To, to I remember when X-Men first came out, I just couldn't believe like when he showed up on screen, it was just one of those superhero experiences where you're like, they didn't make a movie about Wolverine. There he is. Like, he's right there. And the first time he pops his claws, I was just like, oh, and the sound it makes and everything like that. I mean, it was so exciting. I mean, the, But the idea that now there's five Wolverine movies, and even if it went away forever, and it won't, he's no. going to be back next summer. X-Men Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Uh, but it, it, it's just extremely exciting. Because I understand... Unlike this new generation that's watching superhero movies that doesn't like Man of Steel, you idiots, you horrible people, go watch. Oh, they, I, I want to take all of them and throw them in a time machine and make them watch Steel. And that's the only superhero movie you get all year long. Quite a rent for a guy with struggling with his voice. That was Yay. okay. No, I'm with you. And what a rare treat to have the same guy play him. I mean, if you've been watching yeah, Superman movies. They haven't had to recast him? No, same guy. Yeah. And uh, they at, at, at Comic Con they just told him that's you know going to break a record for playing the super uh, superhero character the most times you know, when he appears in his seventh movie with X Men Days of Future Past. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. will play Iron Man for the fourth time only when Avengers Two comes out. Oh, no, uh, for the fifth, fifth, time. fifth time. Oh, so how many did Christopher Reeve get? Four, 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 four. No. I think he would have gone on had he. George Clooney, one. Yeah, I don't know what they might have had. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they might have had to had to do to that uh, franchise. Well, he would have had to to save it from Quest for Peace (laughs) without a full reboot with new (laughs) actors and everything. Yeah, there would have been a steroid scandal. I'm pretty sure with Christopher Reeves. (laughs) But I'm sure. uh, Why is mortality a gift? Like, if you're the Hulk or Superman or Captain America or Wolverine, a gift or a curse? Well, he's it's healing. It's something he's looking for. He's like, I want this. I want it to be a, a gift to have mortality. I thought he's trying to get rid of his mortality. He's trying to get rid of his immortality. Oh, his immortality. Yeah, flammable, inflammable. That's where you lost the, me. You're saying yeah. the same thing, yeah. Mortality and immortality are two different things. Regardless, you're irregardless. I got it mixed up. Yeah, I'm <laughs> uh, On a total tangent. Six to one, half the other. Because this makes me laugh. One time there's this uh, discount store near my home, and um, they had Halloween costumes, and they were really cheap. And uh, it was kind of like that thing with the word, you sort of get it wrong. Uh, oh, God. I'm going to mess this up. It was, they were, oh, flame retarded is what it said on <laughs> the costumes. <laughs> Instead of flame retardant. And so they had to sell them for like $2. <laughs> Cause, Swear to God. Because awesome. they, were, they were neither of those things. Hey, that, right. that was the initial <laughs> try to make it so it wouldn't be flammable right. was that they made it so the costume didn't understand the concept. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> they just dumbed it down. <laughs> Look. Sure, it can still catch fire, but at least it doesn't understand the concept. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know it's burning. <laughs> uh, I, I remember one Johnny of the, Human Flame. So what one of the saying? costumes, uh, just so you know, one of the costumes was a Martin Short um, when he would play that little nerdy guy. Ed Grimley. We, Ed Grimley? Grimley. we have one. Oh yeah, you bought that. There's an Ed Grimley like, costume, like, like the classic plastic yes! uh, Ben Cooper with yeah. the rubber with the band rubber. mask. Yeah, yeah. cut into your face. I'll have to make a note <laughs> to get that for next week. It's awesome. Wasn't that the most fun thing? There was a little because I had like the Superman mask, which was retard. Uh, uh, so uh, flame retardant. Flame retardant. It was uh, retardant because it was a face. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. well, I could just curl my hair. Okay, <laughs> Batman mask I don't have. But but I always but the greatest thing about it was like there was that little uh, it was 
made of such sharp plastic and you it stick hurt. your tongue yeah. for some reason. I don't know why I love yeah. cutting my tongue up, sticking it out of that thing in and out all night as it dripped like your your uh, sweat and your snot inside. Sweat yeah. and your snot and right, exhale. Right oh. under your eyes, it would dig in too. Oh. Oh. Well, we I think we all lived in a, a oh, part of the world shit. where October comes and you got to bundle up. Oh, October thirty first, yeah. it yeah. might be snowing, and so we would have to put our winter jackets underneath. Yeah. Like, uh. I had an evil Knievel, one of those. So evil Knievel, fat was, evil Knievel. Yeah, it was fat evil Knievel, yeah. and it was just a white shoot, suit. I could have been a Klansman, yeah. but for the <laughs> also most likely fat. Yeah. That would have been fine. And also <laughs> the part of the country yeah, where that's you uh, grew up. Right in. Not weird. I had to keep pointing out the you know the American flag trim on it, uh-huh. which still didn't convince them I wasn't a Klansman. Klansman. But, did it come with a cape? It came with a cape, nice. and it came, awesome. and it was like just a one-piece pajama, and you had to put it over your your winter coat. And because you were so bundled up, you couldn't move. And uh, I, I got to the end of the driveway, took a header, and ripped the whole thing up. So the rest of the night, it was just a a, a down coat with an evil Knievel mask. That was because the rest of it was shreds. Oh my god. Yeah, oh, I always had to be princess in a snowsuit <laughs> or <laughs> fairy with moon boots. <laughs> well, um. Well, that's that. Well, that's the Wolverine. Yes. So that's yes. night and day. Oh, that's <laughs> the Wolverine. <laughs> Tangent. Basically, the point is what Adam had oh, said. Oh, mortality, mortality. Oh, what? Just about that. Flame retardant. Flame retardant. Well, what, what if he finds love and he wants? To be, this is why. This is why vampires always want mortality, right? Vampires who, hate that. So you're asking who wants mortality? Usually I, for love. I bet it's seems for love. Pretty cool from a I moral think, perspective. Well, I think one uh, one time I watched one of these movies by accident, and I remember the character said that they did not want to watch everyone they love die over and over and over. Uh, yeah. Was that Highlander? Yeah, Something like that, yeah. yeah. Does it hurt Well, I brought out? it down. So <laughs> no, I guess you're right. Well, there's your Is answer. Dracula? I don't know, but... But yeah, it really kind of struck me. I said, that does suck, because I've lost people that are really close but to me, imagine, I but, couldn't but, do that year after year after year. Yeah, but then, whole new set of friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, uh, but you only it. have one, like, brother or mother. Once they're done, you're just all... They're not family anymore, right? It's just friends. Not that friends aren't great, but it's different. I think I've heard this this idea amongst the narratives of immortal characters, where you get you end up being lonely because no one sticks around long enough for you. Mm. You might might have heard that in that movie, The Immortals. Everybody <laughs> saw that, right? <laughs> the curse of being immortal. God help us. We had to talk about it. All right, the point is, Adam says yes. that uh, in Les Mis, Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman were in that. And now all's right with the world because Russell Crowe is Jor-El and Hugh Jackman is Wolverine again. Right That's on. the point. Oh, what a good Jor-El. Now, uh, for those of you who believe comedians are your best source for entertainment news, moving on. <laughs> you're in That's luck. That's us. <laughs> yeah, woo-hoo. It's time to look at the world of movie news in a segment based on a series of posts we put up at themovieguys.net entitled, The Latest. <laughs> All right. What is uh, shaking and bacon in Hollywood? Our first news story. Also opening this weekend is what I believe to be the 46th film directed by Woody Allen. I mean, who wouldn't believe Wikipedia? Woody Allen has a movie coming out? Yes. Who knew? Uh, It's called Blue Jasmine and stars Kate Blanchett as a New York City housewife who suffers a life crisis and falls from grace, retreating to San Francisco to reconnect with her sister. Uh, Let's get some thoughts. Karen? Clever marketing campaign where you don't know movie is opening and you don't know what it's about. Lee? Woody Allen has a new movie coming out? Yes, Kate Blanchett loses all her money and goes nuts or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Well, this is a, a movie where uh, they're slumming it in a Woody, Al- Woody Allen movie, which means all the well-dressed people argue in the poshly de- decorated living room of an apartment in San Francisco instead of a poshly decorated living room in the apartment 
in Manhattan. Yeah, big oh, difference. Nice. Adam? Yeah. Oh, hey, I, I, Woody Allen's making a summer movie. I mean, I, for one, am looking forward to overeducated and affluent cyborgs talking about jazz and music and infidelity. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Discuss. <laughs> I just realized... If this was actually spelled B L, uh, like blue B L E W Jasmine, it might get a bigger audience. <laughs> I just no, well, realized. I saw that one. Yeah, you saw and, that one. Uh, yeah. That's the porn version. It yes. also takes place in a living room. Oh, blue iris. <laughs> that's the porn version. Blue iris. Yeah. Now he's like a he's like Star Trek movies, right? Every other one's memorable, right? So you got you got your uh, match point, but then you got Cassandra's dream, right? And, and right, and we to... we had uh, uh, Midnight in Paris. Huge hit, biggest grossing movie has ever had. Oscar Stranger, nominations. Right? Right. No, and then uh, to Rome with Love, which nobody remembers. Yeah, so this yeah. one should be good. Yeah, exactly. Saw, According yeah. to Star, Star Trek movies. I saw to the Rome number, with Love. The odd number, it's an odd number, 46, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. On the way to Rome, <laughs> and it still didn't make me excited to watch it. Is that the one with Owen that's Wilson? That's funny. That's yeah, a really, that's, that's a good, that's a put down. We right. did, yeah. yeah, we're on the plane. On the plane on the way to go to Italy, and then I got, I still was like, I don't know. I'm excited to see Rome, but not this movie. Yeah, a little too jokey, whereas, you know, uh, Midnight in Paris had a huge concept that, that worked cool. not just as a joke, but as a huge uh, thing that worked quite well. Anyone see Scoop? Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, what was that one with Will Ferrell? Melinda and Melinda. Melinda. Anybody? Anybody? No. That's a thing? That's a thing. But match uh, every other great. one is completely <laughs> unmemorable, not even mentioned. Wow. I can't remember the last Woody Allen movie I saw. Torch Song Trilogies, was that him? No. Okay. All right, so let's get to the Manhattan. next story. Manhattan. A Bruce Willis video in which he is promoting his latest film, Red 2, has gone viral due to Willis acting more or less like a huge dick. Let's listen in. Has any actor ever told you this, Jamie? This part is not acting, what we're doing right now. You might be, but we're just selling the film now. Sales. That fun part was... Making the movie. The fun part happened, yeah. I'm thinking about driving right now. I can hardly keep my mind on this interview. I'm thinking about driving somewhere. Uh, maybe the M1. Let's get an RV. Uh, do you hear that? I do. It's the sirens. They're coming, they're coming uh, to take oh, me away. Not you. They're not taking you away. Go ahead. You have some great questions there, Jamie. That poor wow. guy. What a dick. Your thoughts, Lee. Bruce Willis is a dick. I'm sorry, Paul. Is this news? Karen? <laughs> <laughs> it must be that inviting charisma that shot Art Red 2 to number five at the box office. Adam? <laughs> well, the, I guess the Letterman writers must have taken a day off of writing his charming personality for him. <laughs> I see. All right. Discuss. Yeah. All right. It's Adam's so disappointing right. when you see these things. But, well, but, okay. So here's, here's the thing about Bruce Willis. If you, if you uh, read Kevin Smith's recent book, he talks about when they made Cop Out, right? Really great story. I mean, of course, Kevin Smith, great storyteller, uh, and um, Kevin uh, and 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 Bruce Willis is a huge cocksucker. I mean, he he sucks. Like he's just a huge dick. Okay, so I had this argument with a friend of mine who's like, I I can't believe like he heard the whole Kevin Smith story. Oh, by the way, funniest line in that is there was actually they they got to a point where uh, where and and I think uh, they say really tough actors will test the director and you really have to sort of let him know where where their ground is on the first couple of days of shooting or they'll walk all over you. And I guess he found his way to walk all over Kevin Smith. But you know what? I'm sure Kevin Smith's kind of a dick too, you know. But uh, the funniest line in the story was they almost got in a like blows fight and Bruce Willis was calling <clears throat> extra takes that he wanted 
And finally, Kevin Smith's like, uh, uh, okay, I- I'm going to have a discussion with the director now or something. It calls Bruce Willis the director. And he's like, would you say? Clear the set. And it's just Bruce Willis and Kevin Smith. And he said, he said in the book, and he goes, he goes, he was right in my face. He was within striking distance. Movie geek moment. He was also in striking distance. <laughs> I, was, I thought that was really funny. That's a great line. Uh, that's a great line. That's a very Kevin Smith line. So anyway, so a friend of mine is like, he can't be in all these movies, these classic. I mean, he's so good in so many things. Obviously, Pulp Fiction and Sixth Sense and all this stuff. He's like, there must it must be Kevin Smith must be a major part of that. But then I see something like this, and I'm like, oh, he's kind of a dick. So, yeah, you know who would never do that? Tom Cruise. Duh, yeah, you're in love. <laughs> you're in love. Uh, Tom well, would never disrespect another man's profession like well, that. Well, here's the deal. Uh, he, Bruce Willis acted like that, and Red 2 still beat R.I.P.D. <laughs> wow. in the box office. And I bet you the other guy's a much nicer actor. What, what did R.I.P.D. beat? Did you, have the, did you ever find the list? Uh, nothing new. All mm-hmm. older All old movies stuff. that have been out a week or two. Okay. It it Despicable Me beat it, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, Ms. Despicable Jeez. Me beat Turbo. It hammered Dude Where's My Car. It really I, right, from 2000. Yeah. That's still in theaters, yeah. and it still be. But it. this, but so what? It brings up the question: What did Ryan Reynolds do on his press tour to sabotage the opening of his movie? Must have been. Let, let's bad. listen. I think I got a clip of it oh, here. Okay. Fucking grown up. Act like a grown up. You're not a baby. You're a fucking grown up. I'm here to fucking help you. That's all I was doing. Was trying to help you figure out everything. That's enough of that. that you love playing that clip. That I love that clip. David O. Russell going nuts. <laughs> and because Ryan Reynolds' nuts. voice is so nondescript, that could have been him. It I heard been Ryan Reynolds. All right, our final story, the great character actor Dennis Farina has oh, died at the age of 69. The greatest Chicago accent ever. Yeah, he was a police officer who consulted on Michael Mann's film Thief and eventually found himself in front of the camera working with Mann, Steven Soderbergh, Barry Sonnenfeld, and more in great films like Midnight Run, Get Shorty, and Manhunter. What do you guys think? Adam? Well, Paul, I just have to say... I'm going to tell you something. I want this guy taken out, and I want him taken out fast. You and that other dummy better start getting more personally involved in your work, or I'm going to stab you through the heart with a fucking pencil. Do you understand me? <laughs> That's touching. Nice. Karen? Uh, I'd like to add... Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. <laughs> I feel you. Mm-hmm. Lee, your thoughts? Well, Paul, I... I'd be remiss if I didn't say. You guys are fucking burnout, Cindy. Hey, Jimmy. Sydney, sit down, relax, have a sandwich, drink a glass of milk, do some fucking thing. <laughs> that means a lot. Oh, the great Dennis oh, Farina. The great oh. Dennis Farina. We applaud yeah. clips of his. Yeah. That's how well, great he was. You know, in honor of his passing, we he was acknowledged. Awesome. He is a working man's Dennis Franz. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that you, means. Thank you. Yeah, Dennis Franz, known for his... Elite characters in Woody Allen movies. Well, what I'm saying is that you could go. <laughs> he's I mean, the Chicago, I know what you're he's the right? Chicago Dennis Franz, right? What? Wasn't Dennis, Dennis Franz from Chicago? Chicago? <laughs> no, I mean, did, didn't he? I thought Dennis Franz was a New York accent. Sipowitz. He played yeah, the other New York guy, but I might have been. Oh, okay. Chicago. Was he Chicago? Yeah, yeah. who knows? Well, but, if you can't get one, you get yeah, the other, right? That's always the deal. But the question remains now: Dennis Franz. Uh, Farina. Now, Dennis, now, Dennis Franz is alive. Dennis Farina, dead. Dead. <laughs> James Gandolfini dead. also dead. Yeah. Ooh, what? Gangs. What famous actor who played a gangster is next? That brings up that uh, question. I, I, I'm really not hoping, but I'm guessing Joe Piscopo from Johnny Dangerously. Well, watch his back, right? <laughs> somebody's somebody's got the number on him. Number three is coming up. They do, they all go in threes, right? Uh, Joe Pantoliano. Joey Pants. Watch your back. Yeah. yeah. He was in Sopranos and Guido the Killer Pimp. <laughs> so, you know, two strikes. Oh, I don't want to say this out loud because if I jinx him, I'll be really sad, but... Mad Dog and Glory, Bill Murray <gasps> played a gangster. Don't say it. Would you, why would you even Why did I say that? Of him. I, I think I the next one mind. that's going to be hit, 
is going to be the uh, the guy with the big hat from all the Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> there you go. Shut up, shut up. Shut up, rabbit. Shut up, rabbit. Shut up. The Thresher Slasher? Don't make me plug you full of lead. Oh, my God. The Thresher Slasher? The boxing? Is that the boxing? Yeah. The Crusher! That was my introduction to Rancho Cucamonga! And then... And then I came out to California, I and there's a place called there Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, we, we gotta get Bugs that. Bunny on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. You know, I forgot what that was from. Every time, yeah. every time I go by Rancho Cucamonga, I think Rancho, Rancho Cucamonga. Cucamonga. That's amazing. <laughs> that's what that's from. Amazing. Those guys are so funny. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> here's a little treat for you listeners out there. You know, uh, <laughs> a treat. they're shutting down the idea of playing audition tapes online. Now, you know, if you ever see an audition tape from an old actor, they're, they're saying, hey, these are personal private moments the actors are having in front of the camera. I we once shouldn't put bought them at Comic-Con a whole VHS of all the Star Wars auditions. I still wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow. Well, those are probably legend at this point. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes if you're breaking down or whatever, actors don't want you to see it, especially if they don't get the part. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Mm, you know? Yeah. Uh, but... We have some long-lost tapes of Dennis Farina auditions from other movies, Ooh, parts he didn't great. get. But based on what I've heard and going over these, he should have been cast in a few of these. Uh, some of these audition tapes go way back to the 70s, so let's, uh, let's just play a few. Here we go. Okay, so you're Brody in this scene, and you're just chumming the waters, and the shark jumped up right in your face, and you have words of wisdom for Quant. Go. Oh, whoa, what the fuck? We're going to need a bigger fucking boat. Hard to believe he didn't get that. Jaws. That was a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he could have been in Jaws. He yeah. could have been in Jaws. I could have seen him as. Yeah, I think he could have been a better Quint. Maybe, yeah, he would have yeah. been a better Quint yeah, than Brody. That's, he, he yeah. his, that's his agent's fault. Shark that's where, was in the yeah. fucking water, you cocksucker. <laughs> You're in the cage. The shark's in the water. <laughs> the fuck. All right, let's play it everyone. Here we go. All right, you busted ghosts for a while now, but Walter Peck has put you in jail. You have to convince the mayor that you should be back in the streets busting more ghosts. Are you ready? Forty years of darkness, earthquake, volcanoes, the ri- dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, fucking dogs, fucking cats living together. What the fuck? Fantastic. Oh, he didn't get that. That one yeah. with the Bill Murray. Oh, that really was yeah. Another gangster. Another gangster. You know what I like no. though is that that he's trying. He tried to branch out, and then Hollywood said no. No. You stay no. there in that pigeonhole. You're not the leading comedic guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, that's why I say De- Dennis Franz is the smartest working man in, in Hollywood. He said, you want me to play a cop for 27 years? Done. Where's the paycheck? Gosh, yeah. Character actors. He <laughs> 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 gets to eat as well. <laughs> All right, well, here's, uh, let's play uh, one last one. Here we go. All right, darling. You're Superman. You've saved a plane load full of people with the powers you've brought with you from the planet Krypton. <gasps> darling, go. <clears throat> well, I certainly hope this little incident hasn't put you off a of flying, miss. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. Now sit the fuck down and put a pillow around your fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's Wow. You know what I think his problem might have been? What, yes? He he brought a little too much of himself to every one of the roles. Sometimes <laughs> he just needs to be the person on the paper, right? Just be the character on the page, Dennis. Yes, and, and then and then what? He'd be Superman. <laughs> he he would have got the part of Superman. Superman. He would have been Wolverine. Yes. Yeah, you were, you you nailed your uh, Dennis Farina. I I, I did I. We, I, I think oh, so. Wow. Well, I mean, because th- those were authentic tapes. I mean, that's amazing. Sorry. How, th- I mean, it's uh, clear that right. there's no, 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 different no, no. people. No, I, I, no, sir. I was wondering. I was, I was listening to it, going, "Is this even remotely close?" I mean, everyone knows we're good. I think you got closer. Please, I got you got closer. Yeah, because the way to get in character for Dennis Farina is to say the name of his character from Crime Story. Mike Thorelli. Mike Thorelli. Mike Thorelli. <laughs> Mike Thorelli. Now read your line again. 
Mike Dorelli. Mike Dorelli. Oh, what the fuck? You're going to need a bigger fucking boat. Mike Dorelli. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Mike Dorelli. I certainly hope this hasn't, <laughs> this little incident hasn't put you off a flying miss. <laughs> I'll sit the fuck down and put a fucking pillow. I used to do that when I had, uh, I was, of all things, the doer's Scotsman once. That's I right. used to go dressed in full Scottish garb from head to toe into bars and buy doers for everybody. Hmm. And I was like the, the greatest guy of the night, you know, who didn't love me and coming and buy drinks. Right. And I had to have an accent. What was I was phrase? It was from Braveheart. <laughs> I love you. I want to marry you. <laughs> Once I did that, I was there for a little bit. You know? I, tried, I tried what I did what I could. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I'd be like, Scotsman, come over here. There. Be there in a second. I love you. I want to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do all this? You know? <laughs> quietly to myself. I love you. All right, well, enough of this news sh- shenanigans. Right. Uh, there's another movie opening. More July movies. 26th. Woo-hoo. The To-Do List, which reminds me, I was supposed to do something... Right after the bit where we all do Dennis Farina impersonations. Uh, Paul, preview the to-do list. Ah, that's it. I should have written that down. Let's see. To-do list, to-do list. Yes. Uh, Ah, here it is. Yes. Perfect. Let's see. Number one, tell the audience what the to-do list is about. We can get to that. All right. Two, make good-natured jokes about the the to-do list, like the to-do list, what every sleazy Hollywood producer calls all his favorite hot actresses. Oh. Three, (laughs) make audience... I don't think you're wrong with that. (laughs) I think that's true. Three, make audience laugh hysterically. We'll get to that. Four, educate. All right, let's get started. Not going to be enough time. Not going to be enough time. (laughs) That may have to get cut. Scratch educate. All right. Uh, well, educate instead. There you go. <laughs> the summer of counterprogramming continues with a movie in which nobody has superpowers and no bo- no robots fight, unless you call teen genitals robots. And if that is the case, get out. No <laughs> podcast for you, you weirdo. Instead, the to-do list is a sex comedy so raucous in body that its actual working title was the hand job. <laughs> if you've been hoping for a comedy with the balls to have balls. And this might be the movie for you. The to-do list is the big screen debut of writer-director Maggie Carey, co-created with Liz Kakowski of the Janine Tate Show on YouTube, and wife of Bill Hader, who also stars in the film. Is it the Jeannie Tate Show? Jeannie Tate. Jeannie Tate, Jeannie Tate, Tate, Tate sorry. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey Plaza plays Brandy Clark, Clark spelled with a K, which already sounds like a stripper name, <laughs> a straight-A, type-A <laughs> student who has graduated from high school without a single sexual experience. So she spends the summer prior to college preparing to have sex by creating an anal-retentive trapper keeper full of every sexual experience short of anal. (laughs) It's Judy Moody tries to get laid. (laughs) Okay, so now might be a good time for us to discuss something called Willing Suspension of Disbelief. (laughs) Willing Suspension of Disbelief, according to Wikipedia, is a term coined in 1817 by the poet and aesthetic philosopher Samuel Taylor Coleridge, who suggested that if a writer could infuse a human interest and a semblance of truth into a fantastic tale, the reader would suspend judgment concerning the implausibility of the narrative. For example, whenever a seemingly illogical casting choice is made. They want Charlton Heston to play a Mexican. Or, in this case, where a young girl can't get laid in high school. And, oh, it's also the other reason why we have professional wrestling. Now, this period piece, set in 1993, stars a who's who of, hey, I know that guy. (laughs) Amongst them, Christopher Mintz-Plass, Donald Glover, Andy Samberg, and even Agent Coulson himself, Clark Gregg. I call bullshit. In the trailer, we see her poring over a list of sexual acts, most of which I don't even think were around in 1993, like the tossed Twitter or the Bieber Brumsky. 
This is a movie made possible by the lack of the internet. Without the world wide web of smut, Brandy is left to her own devices when it comes to figuring out what the rear admiral is. <laughs> Today's teens have so much more access to revealing the secrets of how to defile one another. Now, all you have to do is Google Cleveland Steamer or One-Eyed Turtle and bing, mystery solved. If this movie took place in the present, it would have to be set in junior high school. How are you? Why don't you have a seat right over there? (laughs) Here's what I want at the end of the film. It's 18 years later. And the girl who finally had sex right out of high school is teaching her 18-year-old daughter the dangers <laughs> of going all the way before college. Hey. Prediction? Yes. This kills Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it it's is true. the summer of counter-programming. Yeah. The, the opposite of what I'm saying about superhero movies, which is glorious for me, is that, I mean, how many, how many superhero movies have come out this year? Wolverine's going to get... I think Wolverine is eight. Eight? Yeah, I think so. What was released in January? Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is... You're the, not supposed to remember what comes out in January. That's yeah. what they put in January. Yeah, but the point is, like, The Conjuring... I mean that that really killed. What was the what was the one where the purge re- killed? The purge yeah. killed. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. It's like uh, you know, I mean, we'll we'll go to the, like the major ones. Like Man of Steel did really well, and um, Iron Man three. Iron Man three did really exactly. Well. Yeah. So I think Wolverine, unfortunately, I think will sort of middle a little bit here, and uh, and this I think this movie will do forty or something. I think Not part 40, of the thirty or something. You, so you seriously think the to do list will beat the Wolverine? I have a feeling. I mean, it looks really funny. And, and and the demographics much the demogra- broader. I mean, this is the all the kids are out of school right now. And There's girls, so many kids in the demographic that are yeah. This is gonna more likely you're gonna get teenage girls, uh, girls going off to college. All those women are going to see this before they see the Hugh Jackman movie. Just because he's Hugh Jackman doesn't mean you want to go see him if he's got like fucking knives and shit coming out of his hands. You want to see him making love to a woman and being this hot. This is about a girl that wants to get laid. Chicks would dig this. I movie. am going <laughs> to see this. And dudes are going <laughs> to go also, see it. And also, I think the people behind this are really clever and really smart. And I saw. So yes, I think they made a movie about a girl who wants to get laid. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. Yeah. But I think this will brain get the, power. This will get like the bridesmaids' word of mouth too. If it's yeah. as funny as it looks like it is from the trip, I think it's actually more clever than the sort of standard, you know, Last American Virgin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that used to be our our teen sex movie those about some goofy sucked. some goofy dude who's trying to the stick s- it in the sex comedies of the eighties. Oh, Horrible. Last American Virgin, yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah, High, usually a nice oh, rack I like or something. Fast times. Mischief, you can tune in to see Kelly Preston naked, uh, which yeah. is like the greatest thing ever. A horrible movie. I, I still haven't seen the whole movie. I've only seen the naked parts <laughs> of that movie. My tutor, same <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Wait, blame class, it on Rio. Class. How about Porky's? Class. That's like the grand That daddy. is the granddaddy of them all. That spawn that that, that set sail a thousand ships. Yes. Because that yeah. for the rest yep. of uh, our youth and cable and everything, it was Porky's ripoffs. Hard bodies. Can yep. you imagine yeah. a worse movie than hard bodies? You know? <laughs> Fraternity vacation. Yes. Yeah. All bad. Malibu Beach Bikini Hotel. But there is something interesting about this movie that uh was brought up to me over the weekend. Justin Buller, a friend of the movie guys, said um he heard an interview with Rachel Bilson, who's in the movie, who was trying to sell it by saying, oh, don't worry, there's no nudity in it. Like, I don't know what group she was trying to appeal to. Mormons? And Justin went, I'm out. <laughs> I exactly. Know, right? like, what, are we, what are we doing here? Don't Young say girl that. Girl trying to have sex, and yeah. now there's no nudity? 
So I don't know what they're trying to do, if that's a selling point or not a selling point. They do have interesting to hear, though. For what looks like a sex comedy, that there won't be much Yeah. Sex. Nudity's kind of been out of movies for a while. Sex well, comedies haven't had sex in them for a while, right? I think they're out there. <laughs> We're just not watching them. Well, now <laughs> I, I'm so. like really uncomfortable now in a room of 60 people watching two other people getting it on on the screen. That's because like, you're just... old Grandpa Caius. No, it's because I'm used to being at home by myself with my internet watching nude people <laughs> getting it on. I don't, I don't need a crowd around me. I think, I think, actually, I think that's losing It's losing its appeal. Like, being in a room full of strangers watching two other people go at it isn't as, you know... I, th- I think the closest it's going to come to sex is, like, that scene where the, the one girl's uh, next to the guy in Animal House and giving him a hand job, and you real- and she takes the glove off, <laughs> the glove right? Off. <laughs> well, if you're not even going to try. <laughs> I mean, that's the joke, you know? It's not sex, it's just there for the joke. Yeah, I mean... Uh, this really was called the hand job in its first huh? draft, yeah. There's something about Mary is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, and you could kind of call that a sex comedy because it's got all this yeah. semen jokes and everything, but there's no, no nudity in that, I don't think. Yeah. But it gets its R from lots of other adult shit. Boobs. Uh, well, let's get on to the guest segment. And this is an interesting part of uh, the show this week because it's different. Rather than someone joining us here in the Admirals Club, we had the pleasure of meeting up with the one and only Lloyd Kaufman at the San Diego Comic-Con. But let's talk about Comic-Con for a second. Now, Adam, this was your first year going down there, yeah? Yeah. Now, I am a veteran of many Comic-Cons. I went to WizardCon every year I was in Chicago, and we went to WonderCon earlier this year. And I had always heard the big granddaddy was the San Diego Comic-Con. Always heard. I mean, it is. It's just, it is. It's the huge thing. So this is my first year. I only went there on Saturday. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of not going early the night before and sleeping on your hotel floor so that I could make it into the line at 5 a.m. to wait to get into Hall H. Instead, because... 5 a.m., by the way, put you 4,000 people back in line. That's amazing. It's a, that Hall H is, I mean, that's like a baseball stadium of, of people watching people talk about movies. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's amazing. Exclusive clips and all that. All the exclusives. I mean, I missed the year to never to not miss. That, and, and I'm so accustomed to walking the floor and looking for comics and looking for toys, like as I had in Chicago and stuff like that, uh, so that I was like, no, I'll just do the floor. I'll just get there at 9 a.m. on the day, and I'll get it, sleep in my own bed and all that sort of stuff. Boy, what a mistake, because this year, I mean, they showed the first footage from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America, I'm, the, the X-Men uh, Days of Future Past. They revealed that the title of Superman 2, or Man of Steel 2, would be Superman versus Batman. They revealed that the title of Avengers 2 would be uh, Age of Ultron. Yep. They had uh, Tom Hiddleston came out <laughs> dressed as Loki. That's something I never saw before, that they got, Marvel got theatrical. Like, yeah. it's usually, hey, there's a bunch of shit we've been shooting, and check it out. You guys are the first to see it. Isn't that awesome? But, like, the lights went out, puny humans. And we're like, oh, everybody went, wah! And he came out, and he's like, I demand you all obey me. I'm building an army and all this shit. And everyone's just like, wah! Uh, and he's like, so, here's my proof of my arm. And he showed a clip. And that was did. it. That was all they talked about, Thor, the Dark World. Kevin Feige came out, well, we have the Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> and so then that was it. When they were done, the lights came up, started talking about Captain America. So, Paul, America. he did interactive theater. He did. Wow. Because he chose to. All right. When we did it, we had to. We had to. to. <laughs> yeah. That Just was saying. our job in the uh, you know Renaissance. Program. Anyway, it was, it was the most exciting Hall H possible. It was my very first year in San Diego, and I did not go to Hall H. Instead, I walked the floor, which didn't look like any floor I'd ever been to at any Comic Con. There were no comics, A. There were there were very few comics there. What? 
There's a whole retail section. There is a whole comics. retail section, but most DC's of got it, a presence. Marvel's got a presence. Most of these, but that, but there's no comics at those. There's just oh, these right, gigantic. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they, uh, I mean, the floor is gigantic. There's gigantic sets for Walking Dead. They built a whole prison. There's a whole prison with zombies. With walking zombies, around. and you walk through the prison. I mean, it was insane. It's just insane. It's it's an awesome sight to see. And walking, let me just go briefly on the Walking Dead presence on the on the trade show floor. They had a the huge thing you mentioned for the TV show. In the center, they had a huge booth for the the comic book, and on the far end, they had a huge thing with a guy dressed like Rick and a car and a whole big boarded up thing for the video for the game. video game. Yeah, and then if you went across the street. The entire Petco Park where the Padres play was turned into a giant zombie maze that you could either pay to run through or pay to be dressed up and made up like a zombie from the people who did the TV show and chase people, <laughs> which is just incredible. It's like uh, that it's is like, some promotion uh, right there. Yeah. That is the most professional promotion gets that that San Diego. It's Comic-Con. Disneyland. It's beats Disneyland for three. Biz- Disneyland gets buried for three days a year by Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I I was lucky I wasn't playing the Harley Quinn drinking game. Because the number of hot Harley Quins, which must be the new hot biker for for uh, or hot cop for for chicks, Harley Quinn, the Joker's, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there's hot whatever. It's like you know, there's hot Ghostbusters. There's hot, yeah. you know, chick Jokers. There's hot everything. But man, shoulder to shoulder, just a billion people in that uh, walking that floor. It was, it was a sight to see. It was really cool. Yeah. So well, next year you'll have to go down and do one at least one. Trade show floor day and one hall H day. Yeah, and and be honest, the 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 year they announced the Avengers cast and they all came out on stage. Yeah, was a big. There's always a big day in hall H. So next year there'll be a big day in hall H day. Yeah, yeah. And who knows? Maybe if we maybe they'll start talking about Star Wars next year Mm -hmm. because that's going to come out in 2015. Unless Disney hoards all that for their own personal convention. What what was Sandra Bullock doing there? Promoting uh, Gravity, the new Alfonso Cuarón movie with her and Clooney Ooh. that comes out the end of the year. And that's a romantic comedy? What is that? No, it's a sci-fi drama <laughs> in outer space. Damn it. All right. It's uh, it's those two people get the left in the sea with sharks in space, right? Yeah, it's open water in <laughs> space. Open water in space. <laughs> yeah. It's a line it, of makeup. That was the working title. I got yeah, that open close. Water that was close. It was close. <laughs> yeah. And the shot they showed was a super long uh, tracking shot that was like a five-minute shot, which is what Cuarón is getting... You know, used to doing that with Children of Men and all that. So it looked really great. Everything there looked great. Uh, 300 Rise of an Empire looked meh. You know, like, I don't know if we need another 300 sequel, but uh, they proclaimed how much that. work they did. No. no they everybody, everybody was there for X-Men, right? Hugh Jackman, every, the whole cast. I, I thought mean, that's a gigantic cast <coughs> for that X-Men movie they're shooting right now. Yeah, X-Men Days, Days of Future, Future Past, Past I thought was going to be a first-class sequel that would include all the people from that movie plus Wolverine. Not true. It's a whole time-spanning storyline that involves the current X-Men and the X-Men when they were young. So it will include Jennifer Lawrence and James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and Ellen Page, but it will also feature Anna Paquin and Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry and Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, and they all come on a stage and everyone went, You know, that actually, when you listed all of those big, high-powerful names, it just sounded like an animated movie. (laughs) As we discussed last year, I'd go see that one. Put that many names in a movie, it's got to be animated. It's got to be animated. But... um, and if you stayed late enough one night until <laughs> 10 o'clock and went uh, very far away from all that exciting action, you could go see the trauma panel. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, you know, yeah, I don't know if they're relegated the to 9 other p.m. building. Night. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the whole ballroom section. Yeah, there's after hours activities. After the trade show floor closes, there's still shit going on. They take over three whole buildings there. Because I went to the, I went to the panel. The one I got to make it to was for Seth Meyers. And uh, The Awesomes, which is on Hulu. I finally saw a trailer for that. Yeah, it, it looks fun. It was so funny. I mean, they showed the whole pilot of it, and it's super 
it's really i mean seth meyers wrote it and it's uh really well written uh but that was in a whole lot that was in the hilton you had to yeah. go all the way over yeah, to the yeah. hilton and if you went to the uh to lloyd's thing the the trauma thing you went all, all the way to another building yeah. and cool. the marriott next door will have things and then I, all over town they're putting up stuff i would just like to point out for those of you who have not heard lee or i say a word <laughs> this whole time <laughs> it's because we did not go to comic-con instead uh lee i would just like to say i'll let you know that I actually stayed home and watched Downton Abbey. Hour after hour after hour of Downton Abbey. Good shit. It's really crack-like. good. Crack-like. It's crack-like. I'm um, almost to the end of season two, and I just, like, even right now, I'm thinking, oh, my God, whenever we're done talking about this, I can go watch Downton Abbey. All right, well, let's get to the uh, important oh, part wait, of talking Lee, about Comic-Con. Wait, what did you do? Um, I think I took a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I did want to go. The reason I like going to these, the first Comic-Con thing I went to was WonderCon. Was, yeah, earlier. And I... Grandpa Caius does not like crowds and noise and, <laughs> and waiting in line and waiting in line and people and you know leaving the house is not really my <laughs> forte, but I do like going to these comic cons because I'm like the toughest guy in the room. There's just no <laughs> hostility there. I just everyone's really getting along. And there's a lot of friendliness and like every time I go to a place where there's a lot of people, it's usually a sporting event or a concert and everyone's drunk and there's all sorts of you know fights and people wanting to get these are just everyone hanging out and being cool oh it's it's a it love really fest. it is it's a when i got the you got a you sent a text or a facebook you were on the train of friendlies yeah <laughs> because, oh it's so funny. you take you take public transportation all over la and it's just the dregs of humanity so yeah. I remember going to Comic-Con. Yeah. It's yeah. the magic train. <laughs> but there, but, yeah, exactly. Here, have my seat. Can I help you in your bag? Are my wings on, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My wing is in your bag. Exactly. And is that I, your trident? <laughs> I always love that in Chicago, and I got that feeling again when yeah. I got I hit the Amtrak for San Diego, but the, in order to get there early enough, you know, you got to be there at 6 in the morning. Now, nobody's piling into an Amtrak at, seven, at Saturday morning uh, at the station, but of course, there I am surrounded with all the T-shirts and people with the headgear on and stuff like that and I'm like oh this nobody is with a fanny pack is going to throw a punch on a crowded train it's just you know <laughs> you you know you're with good people that's good uh, uh, now Adam yes. mentioned the trauma entertainment panel so um, <laughs> trauma uh, something aren't they <laughs> <laughs> well Lloyd Kaufman the founder of trauma um, one of the most successful independent filmmakers of all time in 40 years now of independent filmmaking yeah um, he graciously met me at the trauma entertainment booth that booth is always a staple at Comic-Con. Now, for those of you who don't know, Lloyd Kaufman is the co-founder of Troma Entertainment, along with Michael Hertz. Lloyd also directed Troma's biggest hits, including The Toxic Avenger and Tromeo and Juliet. As an actor, he has appeared in over 30 films, including Rocky, Orgasmo, Slither, and Crank High Voltage. He also serves on the board of the Independent Film and Television Alliance. Let's go to San Diego. I just wanted to find out who influenced you. Like, what, who, whose films did you watch that set you off in this path? I think when I was at Yale, uh, I was mesmerized by the auteur film directors because I speak French. So I read the magazines of the Cinémathèque Française, uh, articles by people like Claude Chabrol and Jean-Luc Godard. And they weren't. They were filmmakers, but they were critics, and they were propounding the auteur theory of filmmaking, where the filmmaker is supposed to be in charge of everything, the author of his, her, or its work. So I bought into that stupid, stupid theory, and, uh, <laughs> and here you are. I fucked my life. Yes, I stayed in New York and stayed in the underground. And uh, hey, look who's here! It's the Toxic Avenger. Jesus Christ! It's the Toxic Avenger. Toxie's here. Toxie, how many movies? How many is he so big? <laughs> Toxie's so big. Look at oh, he 
is so big. And uh, Toxie, thank you for being here. Yeah, Toxie, uh, how many movies have you appeared in? I believe over seven feature films. Is that Toxie's correct? Been in, uh, and also, uh, if I, you don't mind my talking about you in the third uh, person, Toxie is the only uh, hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength whose movie included a young boy, a, very, a hairless young boy, hair, very attractive, may I say. Uh, in fact, uh, well, uh, uh, that young boy had his head squashed by the wheel of an automobile. I remember that scene. It's the only movie of that nature to be made into a politically correct children's environmental cartoon show called The Toxic Crusaders. Remember that too. Toxic Crusaders. Everybody, Toxic Crusaders. They're gross, but they still get girls. Well, thank you, Toxie. This has been fascinating. Anything else you care to say? I love the environment. Everyone should recycle. I believe that it is very important to turn off the lights when you leave a room and buy lots of trauma movies. Toxie's so big, too. Oh, he's gone. Uh, we can stand up. I mean, no, no, I, no, I mean, no. Uh, no, he was. Yeah, so long, Toxie. Farewell. So big. Any truth to the rumor there might be a Toxic Avenger reboot? Uh, well, Akiva Goldsman, who is an Oscar-winning uh, writer-director. Beautiful he, mind. Mayor? Beautiful mind. Yes, and you have a very beautiful behind, may I say? Uh, Thank you. That's not awkward at all. So, um, and it rhymes. So, uh, uh, where were we now? Yes, Akiva Goldsman, along with Stephen Pink, who uh, directed and wrote Hot Tub Time Machine. He did. And High Fidelity, as well as, if I'm not mistaken, Grossy Pointy Blank. <coughs> Sorry. Grossy Pointy Blank. Uh, Stephen Pink has written and directed, uh, or he, he has written and will direct the remake. And the last I heard, this was announced at the Cannes Film Festival, so it's no secret, they signed a Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he is not playing the Toxic Avenger. He, but he will appear. Apparently he will have a featured role, uh, or a featured croissant, uh, and I believe the character he is to play is named uh, Floyd Kaufman. Ah, and will, will he be an independent studio mogul? No, he plays a former Blackwater uh, guy from Iraq, uh, who uh, is now uh, a retired uh, ex-Terminator. He's now in the uh, insect uh, repellent business, ex-Terminator. Supposed to be a joke. Uh, <laughs> it was. Again, I it have was. I've not read the script, but Stephen Pink is very good. Stephen <laughs> Pink is a very talented, uh, very good director. So I think, you know, a lot of people are upset about the remake of The Toxic Avenger, but you don't go to movie jail for making a good uh, remake, right? A Star is Born, have you seen that? Yeah. With uh, Judy Garland? Yes, but I did not see the, the what was it, Barbara Streisand made the other, the other one? Well, A Star is Born is the third, that's George Cukor's version uh, with Judy Holliday. Are you gay? Because that's usually people who see that movie are gay. I, I'm not gay, but I have a wife. Ah, uh -huh, well, I'm gay and I have a wife, both. And I am gay, so there. But uh, A Star is Born is the third iteration of uh, that movie. And it's one of America's greatest, one of the film history's greatest movies. So you don't, this is what I'm trying to say, is sequels and remakes can often be better than the original. Eric Marie Remark, who did All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, the remake of his silent film, 
uh, the remake is much better. The sound film is infinitely better than the, you know, you know it's, so people who are upset about the remake of Toxic Avenger, as Raymond Chandler said when they talked, interviewed him about all the crappy movies made about his books, he said, well look, there's a shelf full of them. They're, not, they're still here. The Toxic Avenger, here it is, look. It's still here, fanboy, if you don't like the sequel, you go and support Uncle Lloydie and buy a couple of films and instead of taking them off the internet, you know, and illegally. I believe it was... I don't mind, really, I don't mind. I believe it was Toxic Avenger 2 that had one of my favorite lines all time in the movies. They were clearing out all... Is that the one where they were clearing out all the homeless people from the park? And one of the rich guys comes up to a homeless person and says, Neither a borrower nor a lender be William Shakespeare. And the homeless person says... Fuck you, David Mamet. That's a great line. Now, what the interesting about that kind of humor is you got it and about three other people got it. <laughs> and in, the, the woman who got the punchline had no idea what she was saying. But Janet Maslin of the New York Times loved that joke. And I think that joke had a lot to do with getting a good review in the New York Times for the Toxic Avenger Part 2. So, you know, you don't have to talk down to your fans. Even if you make a movie... Uh, with uh, you know young naked boys and girls getting bloodied or whatever, you don't have to make it stupid. Poultry Guys is very witty. I don't know have you seen that? I've not seen Poultry Guys. It's a musical, uh, and you say you're not gay, so you may not like it. But this is what I say. It's a witty. It's, I stand by that. It's a witty. It's a witty. <laughs> would you like to in me? It's a witty uh, uh, show, Poultry Guys. The songs are witty. Do you want me to sign that? Yes, sir. Hey, we're going to pause for a sec. Well, Lloyd signed something. I feel witty. I feel witty. I feel witty. Oh, wait, I'm turning gay again. Sign the thing before we get... Hey, we have an instant exclusive interview with a guy who just met Lloyd Kaufman. What'd you think? Hi. Oh, my goodness. I am incredibly impressed. The man is a living legend, second to none in the industry in terms of creativity and filmmaking and drive. I'm, I'm deeply honored to have met the legend. Well, there you go. Except that he was talking about Steven Spielberg, who's got this, the, the booth next door. Oh, is that right? But uh, you can say it was about me. <laughs> Luckily, there are no cameras here, so nobody will... Right, no, no we're not recording this at all. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Are you like a director of something or something? Do I have a what? Are How you like a director? You? Oh, a director, of course I am. Of what? What? So ask that question again. What were you asking? Um, what are you part of? What do you make? What do we make? Yeah, what do you make? After we have a big burrito, we make a big duty. That's funny. That's funny, kid. There. Like, what do you make? Do you... Justin Bieber's in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, give us a couple of... Show us... Baby, 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 I'll... And that's 15 minutes. Thanks. Okay, where were we? All right, well, I think we're wrapping things up. Who's your favorite filmmaker? I would have wrapped it up a long time ago. Who's your favorite filmmaker? Tremendous patience. My favorite filmmaker? You know, the movie men, I've been watching them, and... Guys. Uh, movie guys. The movie guys. I, you know, every, I used to like Chaplin and John Ford, Keaton... But now, I think the movie guys really is uh, taking over my brain. Because uh, we ask everybody this who, who's on our show. We have a lot of indie filmmakers yes. on and that kind of thing. Your favorite film of all time? 
Well, my favorite film of all time, and I've only seen it once, is by a Japanese, I, I know I'm smiling, but this is serious, a Japanese uh, filmmaker, the John Ford of Japan, or you could say John Ford was the Mizuguchi of America. But Mizuguchi made a movie called Princess Yangwe Fei. And if you look up the word sublime in the dictionary, you will find Yangwe Fei. It's based on the Chinese novel, uh, Journey to the West and a piece of it but it, it's That's a great novel princess uh, yangwe fei it is and it was kind of a religious experience so i vowed never to see it again and some fans of mine uh, gave me a video tape of princess yangwe fei in a plexiglass box with a lock and key and it says break open if there's an emergency uh, but I, I sort of, it's, I guess it's kind of like sex for the first time. A lot of people feel that's the best. I didn't, for, you know, till I found that donkey. I didn't, you know, that's when sex was the best for me. Uh, but They don't uh, fight back some. Well, <laughs> they don't fight you, maybe. They had a hell of a time. <laughs> Ropes, you know, I had to use them. Luckily, it didn't cut them. At any rate, uh, where were we? We were talking about Princess Yangwe Fei. Right. I would say that's the most intense. We, sorry, we got interrupted by donkey sex. We were talking about the most sublime film ever made. Well, I did have that accident <laughs> in Mexico. I was much younger then. What's next for Troma? Well, right now we are completing volume two of Return to Newcomb High. And um, I think, honestly, Quentin Tarantino suggested I asked him how we are based in the underground and it's very hard for us to get noticed in this age, as you can probably tell here at Comic-Con, which really is dominated by the giant uh, conglomerates. Uh, so Quentin said, well, make an event film, make it different, and do what he did with, with, with Kill Bill, Volume 1, Volume 2. So that's what we're doing with uh, Return to Newcomb High. Volume 1 is completed. Uh, it'll be out theatrically toward the end of uh, 2013, beginning in 2014 by STARS, STARS, uh, S-T-A-R-Z. And then uh, we're shooting Volume 2 now and just about finished uh, with the uh, principal photography. <laughs> and you'll be happy to know it's the first trauma movie that will end, I hope I'm not spoiling this, but it'll end with a wonderful Bollywood dance scene, just like Slumdog Millionaire. Will the whole film lead up to, and you're expecting a Bollywood dance? No, it will have nothing to do with the Bollywood dance. No, you haven't spoiled it at all. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> At any rate, uh, return to Newcomb High and then uh, the Toxic Avenger Part 5, we're trying to write that. I've been working on it for five years and getting nowhere. But I do believe right before Comic-Con, we came up with a beginning, middle and end and we're going to start writing it. Uh, we've written about eight different uh, scripts for Toxie 5, Toxic Avenger Part 5. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can say is that it will include his twins who were born in Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Twins, and uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD will have a uh, featured role. Uh, but I still haven't, we, we just don't have a good draft yet, but that should be our next movie. And Toxie was here just moments ago. Toxie was and here, yeah. he didn't yeah. go on about it. I thought for sure he'd gone. Well, he he's... been keeping it under wraps. He's... As probably in, he was told he should. Well, I was just... in the bag for us, right? Well, we do like to kind of not talk too much, as you can tell by me. Uh, <laughs> I was just in James Gunn's Guardian of the Galaxy because oh, he, he and I did Tromeo and Juliet yeah. together. So he gave me a small part in his uh, Marvel Disney in England. Uh, it's a $200 million movie, and they would not permit any publicity, or I'm not supposed to talk about it. 
Uh, luckily, you just did. Oops, oops. <laughs> we can talk this much about it, I imagine, right? I don't want the mouse coming down on me. No, no, no. No, I think that's all right. Okay. But they were like really, really strict about. Usually, I film behind the scenes and stuff like that, but um, they didn't want any of that. But with the Toxic Avenger, any of the trauma movies, uh, we're pretty open about it. We're happy to any publicity we can get. We're happy with. Oh, and I do have one last question from my wife, who contacted you about being uh, on our show today. Uh, how can a, a, a cute girl go about being in a trauma film? Well, first of all, we do not use the word girl. Girl is politically incorrect. If you listen to NPR, you can be politically correct. Um, you can also have a very uninteresting life. But uh, the word is gyno, gyno-American. <laughs> you don't say woman, that has, some, that has the word man in it. Right, you definitely then, you, don't then say you're labeling them, really. You're, you're comparing That's right. in the in what you're calling them. Gyno-American is okay. If, if you were, say, Australian non-male, you would say gyno Australian or gyno Brit. So that's that's the NPR way to go. How can a gyno American find their way into a trauma film? Well, uh, I think that the best thing is to follow me on Twitter at Lloyd Kaufman. I do announce when we're getting ready to cast movies, and just to be very aggressive about it. Most of the people in our films are people who love to, uh, they either love trauma movies or they want to be in an, oops, sorry, they want to be in an independent movie that means something to them and comes from the heart. And uh, they also have to sleep on the floor, eat cheese sandwiches three times a day and learn how to defecate in a paper bag. So if your wife is okay with all that, now, should she come in already with the skills of defecating into a paper bag? That puts her ahead? I would say that would put her way ahead, yeah. For a gyno-American. For a gyno-Brit. For anybody. Gyno-French, sure, sure. Absolutely. Uh, what's on tap for the celebration when you have your panel and you celebrate the 30th anniversary of Newcomb High? Well, first of all, I think that um, I'm a senior citizen, so I might be dead before the panel is tomorrow. Like I could, die. I could like die any minute. I mean, right. uh, Johnny Soprano, whatever his name is, he's dead, yeah. 58. I could die, so I'm not going to even think about what we're okay. doing because too it's, it's not worth it. I could have a heart attack. I don't want to stress. Look at me. I mean, I, I'm a bundle of nerves already being on... The movie, movie guys, guys. Thanks, the Lloyd. movie yeah, guys, my favorite movie of all time. Right. I'm so nervous. So at any rate, uh, but tomorrow the, we will show some clips from Return to Newcomb High. They've never been shown to the public. We'll have some stars here. I think that uh, uh, Judah Freelander's on the list. Uh, Ron Jeremy. Uh, they're nice. both in the film. Oh, uh, uh, so it'll be uh, it'll be a pretty interesting star-studded uh, event. Uh, deep in the reeds of the underground. But uh, usually we get a couple of thousand people who show up. Yeah. I hope you can come and uh, film it. It'll be out of the booth and onto the, the big stage here where they have well, their panels. Will, will you be available? to? to uh, I believe so. We're staying here through tomorrow. Absolutely. Oh, well, if, yeah. you're here, if you're here, please uh, come and uh, uh, I can announce that you uh, are the movie, movie guys. Uh, the movie dudes. The movie yeah. guys. Uh, <laughs> and that uh, that's my favorite movie of all time. And, uh, you know... Uh, thank you, Lloyd. Uh, best of luck on the big celebration. I will be there. I, Justin will be there. And we'll have some fun. Well, please give Paul my best because I'm very, I really like to follow Paul. He's terrific. He's on the movie. I'm standing right next to you. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, Paul. Yes, Paul is here. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much.
I should nuts. mention that if you want to see Lloyd in person, he'll be at the Fantasia Expo in Montreal. August 1st through 3rd, and Monster Mania Con in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where we used to do interactive performance. Let's not talk about it. Community service. He'll be at Monster Mania Con August 16th and 17th, and go to Troma.com to track the progress of Return to Newcomb High and everything (gasps) they've got going on. Yeah, they're making it. That's that's what the panel was about, is the Return to Newcomb High. Uh, I just want to say that uh, whenever we were doing the Movie Guy stuff, I started to work more behind the scenes and try to help produce these segments and get guests and stuff. And so one day, I just kind of woke up and was in inspired to call Troma and see if I could talk to Lloyd. I thought, well, you know, he's he the sort of guy you can. Cool. And I just did a cold call and I put was put through the directory and it said, who would you like to talk to? And I put down, you know, I typed in Kaufman and all of a sudden I heard a click and then there was this weird room tone and I heard go. <laughs> and I didn't know exactly what was happening, but I decided I better just really go and start saying my thing. So I said, hey, Lloyd, this is Karen. I'm from the Movie Guys, and I just wanted to tell you that I had been in your festival. My husband and I made a movie, and we're doing a podcast. It would be great if you were on the show. And what was so cool is I started to feel the energy change, and he became very funny and very easy to talk to. And we talked for about 15 minutes, and he told me how to get a hold of him, and that's how he set up the interview. And he never acted like an ass or acted like he wasn't going to talk to me because I was just nobody. It was very cool. And... He followed through. His assistant got the interview. He was there when he said he was going to be. I should mention Megan, who he was, was awesome. uh, on the on-site coordinator for making everything happen. And yeah. her job's tough because, <laughs> as you can see in the video, he's a little all over the place, scatterbrained, yeah. when there's a big moment going on. When he's in his booth meeting people, he can get his attention. But at these panels, when there's people everywhere, oh, and there's different insane. cameras to play to, and there's all sorts of people who he And he'll could, play to every could, single person yeah, yeah, in the exactly. room. Yeah. At, at, so, yeah, he's all over the place. He was very so. cool, and, and I can't believe that, like, Calling cold call actually turned into an interview. So thanks, Lloyd. And it was very easily to quickly get caught back up into the trauma energy. Yeah. That I remember specifically from when we took the short film to Trauma Dance, which now there are numerous trauma dances all over the place. That's when good. we went to uh, Park City with it, I mean, it, they're just, they shout out trauma and they run around and they hug and they make you know, <laughs> they're, they're cra- very they're just, welcoming. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And thanks to um, official rejection, the movie Official Rejection. Karen now knows that that entire phone call, Lloyd didn't wear any pants. I know, and that made me very happy. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, there, the show needs a big finale. No better you way to go You don't remember up. this? No I remember. Yeah. And then he oh, got okay. up and walked away and yeah, he saw his butt. Medal? No. <laughs> <laughs> go on about it. Well. <laughs> the show needs a big finale. No better way to go out than with Karen's weekly segment. And we see who's having a birthday here at the end of July. It's Karen's oh. birthday. Our birthdays this week is Robin Williams, who turns 62, but can play anywhere from box office gold to box office poison. Just to prove that that even though I was a chick in little rural New York, western New York, I've always been a movie guy. In 1987, Robin Williams starred in Good Morning Vietnam as an unorthodox and irreverent DJ who made the famous phrase, Good Morning Vietnam! Remember he did that in the movie? Well, yeah, I used I to do morning that. announcements. I know, right? Everybody Can you remember the that. name of that movie? Uh, Casablanca. RV! <laughs> he tried to do that for all his movies. <laughs> it just never worked. Goodwill Hunting! That time it worked Dogs. and he got an award. <laughs> well, I was such a dork that I was doing morning announcements. And so one day I came in. And I'm telling you, it's way nothing is going on in my high school. And so uh, you'd hear bing, bing, bing. And then I'd said, please stand for a moment of reverent silence. And then everybody has to be quiet for a minute. And then I time it on this little timer. 
Wait a minute. Was that in lieu of the Pledge of Allegiance? No, they had that too. Just reverent that. silence? No, we did pre- Pledge of Allegiance first, and then I had to lead that, and then I had to do the little ding, 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 yeah. and then I had a moment of silence, and then I said, good morning, Castaic Valley, and uh, pretty much sealed that I was a giant <laughs> dork. The and cafeteria went wild. I did the same I, thing, and I just I, found this out about you today. I did funny. this. Action. I want to do announcements because I you? saw that movie and I said I can go in there and make jokes and all these announcements. I that do go not on think you day. two are alone in this. That that must have been exactly. the greatest thing to do. Exactly. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I wasn't I'm using celebrating. it anyway. <laughs> Assistant principals everywhere after that movie were like, oh, 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 oh so I'm like, oh, only out of high school. You yeah. read it wrong. <laughs> Doing voices and characters yeah, and impersonations. Yep, yep. I think it lasted like a month and they were we're done with this. You guy. can't do that anymore. Yeah. What yeah. was that movie? <laughs> License to win. <laughs> that one where he's this the is, president. Let's go on the Hudson. Pat Chatham's <laughs> toys. All right, next up, happy birthday to Willem Dafoe, who turns 58 but has played 50 years old for the last 30 years. <laughs> I've always found him to be strangely attractive, and I've just recently added him to my list of odd-looking, craggy face boyfriends, along with the Grace La- Lance Henriksen, who I love very much, super cute Lyle mm-hmm. Lovett, and number one funniest boyfriend of all time, Gangster. Mr. Bill Murray. Oh. Gangster, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Bill wow. Murray. You guys, if he dies, I'm going to be so upset. Essential- I blame you. I blame you guys. Essential watching uh, from his oeuvre, Streets of Fire. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. His mouth gets super wide in that one. Street. He does. Ah. Oh, man. You know, he was almost the Joker instead of Nicholson. Oh, now, that's what I that found out, too. Yeah. That wouldn't have been the gigantic hit that it was, but what a great Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great Joker. A y- I mean, a young. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. 1989, Willem Dafoe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, I thought you meant oh. Bill Murray was going to be the Joker. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Batman at one time. Ivan Reitman version. Oh. Ivan Reitman was going to do Batman at one time. Oh, shit. Yeah. That would have been a great excuse for him to get very in shape, and I would have enjoyed that very much. <laughs> hmm. I have to be alone for a minute. <laughs> All right. And let's wish a happy birthday to Super Dave Osborne's younger brother, Albert Brooks, hey. who turns 66. Yeah. One of my Real heroes. One of my heroes. I just saw him in This Is 40. Steals every scene he's in. Funny. Yeah. Funny Real life. One of the funniest movies ever made. Indeed. He is, can play anywhere from put upon to just plain bothered. <laughs> and he has a distinction of actually being on Paul's list of celebrity boyfriends along with Harrison Ford and Steve Martin. Boyfriend, not, well, guys, legends, we can call them. Not boy, I don't want to sleep with these guys. But do you have a list of people you like to sleep with? I think with? you're putting that in female terms. I, I, no, no, there's a list of guys. Well, I'd like to sleep with Tom Cruise. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's different. That's a given. All men would. And lastly, happy birthday to Just does macho what? shit. But if I had to fuck a guy. <laughs> Just say Even if I didn't have to. It's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Just to tell people. We can Got all to. agree on that, I think. Male and female alike. <laughs> Happy birthday to Miss Edie McClurg, who Aww. turns 62 but can play yeah. anywhere from a woman in Wisconsin to a woman in Minneapolis. Hard to believe she's not 80. <laughs> I know. Hard to she's not 80. <laughs> she's been 62 as long yep, as I've known her. Absolutely. The ultimate compliment for any woman. You know, it's hard to believe you're not 80. <laughs> you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. <laughs> I first Ed. saw her work when she played Mrs. Poole in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And therefore, she became my first impersonation. Do it. Oh, here we go. He makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. (laughs) That Ferris Bueller, he's a righteous dude. Can you say the Dirty Harry line? I don't know. I don't remember what it was. Ed, Ed, you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. Oh, Ed. You sounded like Dirty Harry just then. <laughs> that is dead uh, nuts thank on. You. That's, wow. my, that's my big We are totally going to have a fake Happy Edie birthday, McClurry everybody. Please oh, turn it over. Happy birthday.
All right, thank you, Karen. By the way, yes. Speaking of Edie McClurg, she's in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and her line is. Oh, I don't know. I didn't pay attention. You're fucked. Yeah. Right? You're <laughs> fucked. Did she say it with the accent? That's the. Uh, oh. uh, I want, I her want career. my fucking car right fucking now. Yeah, yeah. I uh, want her career, man. She just. It's great. She's been in like 90. I've read her thing in like 50 movies, 90 TV shows. She's the female <gasps> answer to Dennis Brown. Yeah. I wanted to say something <laughs> <laughs> from a couple weeks ago when we had Mitch Rouse on. And you posed the question, which sounded like kind of a silly question at the time. Uh, which was was the character of Del Griffith in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles based named on based on or named after Del Close? Mm-hmm. And we all thought eh, 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 Chicago, eh. John Hughes, maybe. I thought... Mostly Mitch thought. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just uh, <laughs> just thought you're stupid. But the anyway. rest of us thought eh, it might be. Mitch is like. <laughs> <laughs> I put two and two together shortly after that that Del Close is in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He is the teacher that says. Uh-huh. Yeah. In what way? Did the authors, author's use of the prison, prison symbolize? <laughs> <laughs> That's no close. Improv legend. Anyway, Improv so legend. I would say yes. yes. Why not? Ding, 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 ding. And uh, on that Ferris Bueller note, there's a girl I just did a show with. Her name is Heidi Bueller. And yes, Bueller. every time she's not in class, her oh, friends would get so irritated. Poor people named Bueller. Because all of the teachers would just say, they'd go along and be like, Heidi Bueller. And then they wouldn't say here. Yep. And they would just do it. And the yep. class is like, we you must gotta. kill you. We, sorry. <laughs> they would tell her she couldn't skip class anymore. They're like, no, we can't have it. Well, that wraps another showcast. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, I think what, we nailed it this Once week. you do birthdays, I mean, you can't go back. Right? <laughs> no. Uh, well, follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, you name it, all that shit, LinkedIn. Thanks to the great Lloyd Kaufman and all the people at Trump Entertainment for welcoming <laughs> Justin Bowler, who did a fine job, and myself at Comic-Con, Jamie Clark Yelvington, keeping our shit together hey, on the soundboard during production, you. and of course Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Thanks for listening.